ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. One of my first crushes was Drazik from Heartbreak High. I don't remember a single thing he said or did on that TV series, but I do remember his eyebrow ring. One of Melissa Mason's earliest crushes was Joshua Jackson, who played the misunderstood bad boy Pacey on Dawson's Creek, another late 90s TV show. Do you remember it? It's about a bunch of teenagers in a sleepy Massachusetts town who sneak into each other's bedrooms and sometimes have sex, but more often break each other's hearts. I still have, like, this visceral reaction when I think about my Joshua Jackson crush because I think I genuinely thought we might meet. I honestly believed as a 15-year-old girl that this 25-year-old man (laughs) somehow crossed my path in Sydney, Australia, all the way from Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, and we would have this beautiful meet-cute. For those of you who don't know, a meet-cute is a term from rom-coms. Your two main characters meet on screen for the first time in a way that's funny and adorable and makes it clear that these two are meant for each other. Melissa was dreaming big. And this wouldn't be the last time she dreamed of meeting and romancing a hot actor. The difference was that when she got to 35, she set out to do it. I'm Farza Draki and this is Days Like These. And reporter Hannah Reish, someone we all have a crush on tells us the story of Melissa's 2021 mission. I have a very particular image of Melissa as a teen. It's a whole Dawson's Creek thing. I'm imagining Melissa, age 15 or 16, climbing trees into bedrooms and getting up to all sorts of Dawson's Creek-style shenanigans. But in reality, my dating life was non-existent. I was very terrified of boys. Melissa was a whole 20 years old when she met her first boyfriend. Cue a series of boys. This is the montage bit of a rom-com, including the good Christian waiting for marriage, as well as a bad boy artist, a real Joshua Jackson type. I was pretending to be someone I wasn't. I was like, yeah, I'm the cool girl. I totally love watching these foreign films with subtitles on them when I could instead be watching like Crossroads with Britney Spears. (laughs) Totally down for this. After those relationships ended, Melissa was deep in the casual hookup zone, enjoying herself. But there was always a part of her looking for love and something more serious. At this point, had you been in love with any of these guys? I honestly grew up with such a diet of romantic comedies, romantic dramas. Like, as soon as I could start renting anything from Blockbuster Video or the video store, I would rent every rom-com, every drama that I could that had a love story in it. And they always have this meet-cute moment, this sort of meeting of the romantic couple, I guess, that is a bit otherworldly, is a bit is a bit fantastical. So I had probably been in love with a few of these people, but I'm an over-analytical person mm-hmm. and something I've always struggled with has been 
knowing if I'm in love because I had all these ideas in my head of what love looked like. And Mm. I think for a lot of my dating life, I was holding real life relationships up to that level and comparing them to this Hollywood romance standard. Unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, your 20s can't last forever. Melissa gets to her 30s, and if you're a woman, this is usually the time you start getting pointed questions from your mum or your hairdresser or just any random on the street, really, about when you're going to have kids and the dreaded biological clock begins to tick. By the time she's 35, that clock is beginning to sound like an antique German cuckoo clock that plays Edelweiss every hour, one that is especially loud in the middle of the night when you're just trying to sleep. Also, now it's the end of 2020. Bad year if you recall or haven't successfully suppressed everything. And antique German cuckoo clocks, even the ones in your head, are very loud in the quiet of lockdowns. But Sydney, despite COVID, is doing its Sydney thing in a relatively normal manner. People are cautious, sure, but they're finding ways to enjoy life around the edges of the pandemic. Melissa had just met someone, but despite getting her hopes up, it didn't work out. And I was a bit heartbroken, but also more frustrated that I really just hadn't found the person that I wanted to spend my life with. And before I jumped back into looking for someone serious, I thought, I'm going to have a little fun. Now, Melissa, like millions of others across the globe, had watched the Irish romantic drama series Normal People earlier in the year. It was an adaptation of millennial literary sensation Sally Rooney's book of the same name. The series came out when lockdown was at its worst. It was horny and so were we. The show is about an on and off again romance between two sexy young people, Marianne, played by Daisy Edgar Jones, and Connell, played by Paul Mezcal. There's heartbreak and trauma, of course, but there's also mainly Mezcal. Way too old to be playing a teenager, which he's supposed to be at the start of the series, just like all of the actors on Dawson's Creek. But we forgive him for this because he is very, very attractive. Uh, I was totally obsessed with him just from a physical point of view. So he's got this, you know, sort of like messy, just woke up kind of brown hair and these grey blue eyes, like a storm cloud, I would say, (laughs) like a stormy sky of eyes Uh, and just has a really warm face as well, which I've always been attracted to. Also, he wore a silver chain. Yeah, just just another gorgeous Hollywood heartthrob, but also someone who really appeared as a celebrity to be really down-to-earth and just a nice guy. And the best part? Paul Mezcal was in Sydney filming Carmen, which by all accounts isn't a very good film. But this was before it came out, and we knew that, and everyone, including Paul, had such high hopes. I'd had a friend tell me about all these sightings of Paul Mescal around town at a pub that I go to all the time, going to house parties in my area. And then someone else told me that he was actually spotted on the dating apps and that he was single. And I thought, I'm going to try and hook up with Paul Mescal. That's my 2021 goal. <laughs> I think we can all get behind this. 
It's kind of like the plot to Notting Hill, where Paul Mescal is fabulous film star Julia Roberts, and Melissa is nobody bookseller Hugh Grant, except without the floppy hair and charming stammer, though she is charming. Also, in this case, Melissa sets out to bone a smoking hot celebrity rather than one accidentally falling into her lap. But there was a catch. Recall, dear listener, Melissa is 35, and while many women date significantly older men, it's more unusual the other way around, which is not to say she wasn't open to younger men. My age range on the dating apps at that time was 30 to 42. So I was still going like five years younger, but I thought like I'd kind of stopped dating people in their 20s. I thought, no, nah, they're too young, 30 plus for me. Paul Mezcal, though, was a mere 24 years old. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's a big age gap. Uh, but look, I'm just looking to hook up. So if he's out here looking for hot 35-year-olds, why not? So I lowered my age range to 24 and kept my upper limit at 42 and started swiping. So I guess before I changed that age range, like I was pretty active on the dating apps. Like I'd go on most evenings and just like have a quick check, see who's out there. And I suppose how I would describe it is I felt like I'd gone through all of the eligible bachelors in my area. (laughs) Uh, And so when I lowered the age to 24, all these hot guys popped up. (gasps) Melissa was out there searching for Paul. Paul. But there was no sight of him. A Paul. Instead, she was now drowning in a sea of possible dates, mingling with multiple manly matches. It was a veritable smorgasbord of sausage, if you will. I was doing really well with these younger men. (laughs) Apparently there's more under 30-year-olds that want to date a 35-year-old woman out there because I was getting so many matches. I was having really fun conversations with heaps of different guys. While there were many younger men who looked too deeply entrenched in their 20s partying ways, attending bush doofs and the like, there were others who seemed more promising. So then I came across this profile that was like Tom, 25, and the first picture was this really handsome, I would say like strapping young man. Like he was really like broad-shouldered. He had sort of strawberry blonde hair, a little bit of stubble, really blue eyes. He had a really fun yellow party shirt on. Uh, And just from looking at that, I thought, this guy seems fun. He seems silly. I like silly guys. And so I clicked on his profile and I started sort of swiping through all the different photos. And and all of his photos seemed really fun. A lot of them included dogs, uh, which was a real tick for me. I love dogs. So we organised to go and get a drink at a nearby bar because uh, hilariously we lived a few streets away from each other which wouldn't have boded well if we ended up not dating. (laughs) I guess I was going into it thinking I'm doing this for the story. I'm not taking this seriously. I'm just going to go meet this guy and he seems fun. We'll have a fun night and maybe we'll hook up or something and I'll feel really hot. When Melissa says she's doing it for the story, it's not just a story to tell her friends or even this fine podcast, but it's also because Melissa hosts her own podcast, a dating podcast with her friend Ash called Jeans and a Nice Top, which means we can hear exactly how she felt before that first date. I've gone to Cougar Town. Okay, so... She's gone to the zoo. I have accidentally ended up locking in a date with a 25-year-old. What are we going to talk about? 
I'm, I know I'm like young old, but I'm pretty fucking old for a 25 year old. Like, do they go to clubs? Like, what do they listen to? Do they know what Dawson's Creek is? I don't think they do. Okay, we are finally at our meet cute. It's a really warm summer's night. The cicadas are out and Melissa, our chaotic cougar, is wearing her favourite shift dress and her cowboy boots. Heat be damned! The humidity has messed with her fringe, but our protagonist pushes bravely on and heads to the bar to meet Tom, 25. I saw this man and he was wearing a white T-shirt tucked into black jeans with uh, blundstone boots. I was like, whoa, this guy is way hotter in real life than I thought. (laughs) And I could just see him and he was standing outside the bar and he wasn't looking at me. He was sort of looking the other way, which gave me the chance to sort of check him out before I actually walked up and said hi. But I don't know, I'd never dated a guy that looked like this before. Um, But I was really like, yeah, this is doing it for me. It's giving Bruce Springsteen in the 80s. This is probably a reference that would go straight over Tom's head, the 80s being a strange and faraway time to him. Despite that, the date begins. They're sitting opposite each other in a booth. It's small, intimate, romantic. Now, for the record, Melissa is no stranger to first dates. All of my best first dates... We were just chatting away relentlessly through for hours and it was all very silly and bantery and all of the guys were very, very charming. So I was expecting him to be really flirty, very cheeky and um, quite charming in a kind of silly, immature way because he was 25 and so I just that's what I'd expected. And every time I go on a date, I barrel in with some story because I think that's my way of breaking the ice or just like come in with like some crazy thing that happened to me that day or whatever and instead he was very quiet in the kind of way of really thinking about what he was going to say before he said it and I was like this is not the silly date I thought I was going on. There'd always been a definite type for Melissa. I found I was really drawn to these really charming chatty types of men then it would be this surge, like a peak, and then a drop-off of their attraction to me or their interest in me. And what I would find is that all of those first amazing dates really fizzled out quickly. But with Tom... The conversation wasn't flowing as easily and naturally as it had on past dates, but it was also, like, a lot more real and really interesting. I was a bit like oh, this is really different. Like, here's this guy who's really listening to me and asking me questions and kind of really thinking about his answers. After the bar, they went to a cheap Italian joint and had dinner and more drinks. Then it was 11pm and Melissa was rooted because she'd just started a new job and also because she is 35 years old. It was her bedtime. I'd sort of said, look, I need to go home and he walked me halfway and then he was sort of looking at me and I said are you gonna kiss me (laughs) and so we had a little kiss and it was very sweet Uh, and I remember walking home just grinning after the date they texted and texted again and 
and again. But it took two whole weeks for them to go on another date. Melissa busy with that new job I mentioned and Tom doing nursing shift work. Recently, his best friend actually told me Tom thought you weren't interested because (laughs) you could never line up a second date. So they finally, finally got it together. They went to pub trivia, a gallery, had some pancakes. And unlike how it had gone with those other guys when things went from zero to 100 quickly, it was more of a slow burn situation. After they'd been dating for about a month, Tom invited Melissa to a party at his house. We were in this lounge room and everyone's around us, like, having a great time. And we were just, like, off in the corner and just couldn't stop just smiling and kissing and and just being gross, like the grossest couple at a party you can imagine. That was us. And I was really surprised by this because at this point I really liked Tom, but I had not considered him to be something serious at all for me. I really was looking at it like kind of in the same way as when I thought I was going to hook up with Paul Mescal. I just thought, oh, this is like a fun 25-year-old guy that I'm just going to have fun with because he can't possibly be looking for anything serious. And after that point, I definitely felt like my heart was getting invested and that was making me nervous because we still had not had the talk and I felt like this guy is not going to be on board with the trajectory that I want my life to take from here on out. Can you describe what that trajectory was? So I was 35. I was really feeling like time was starting to run out to start a family. Uh, And so I was looking at, at max, waiting two, three years before trying to have a kid. And I could not in my life imagine someone who was 25 wanting to start a family by 27, 28. Which is why Melissa was freaking out about all these feelings she was having. After all, she hadn't wanted to be a parent when she was his age. But a few weeks later, Tom, a couple of wines deep, asked Melissa whether she was his girlfriend. And I was like, whoa. And I said, you do not want me to be your girlfriend. I said, you do not want what I want going forward. You are not going to be on board. And he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, how do you know what I want? And that really threw me because I didn't know what he wanted. And so I kind of outlined what I hoped for over the next five years. And he thought about it and he sort of said, look, yeah, I haven't really thought about kids, but I'm not opposed to that. I really like you and I want to see where this is going. And essentially nothing was off the table. He was very much saying, like, if we keep going the way that we're going, I'm on board with that, what that life looks like for me as well. Melissa obviously reacted to his commitment with an open heart and swoon, and they sailed off into the sunset. Just kidding. I was like, what? This is not how I thought this conversation was going to go. And I think up until that point, even though I was catching feelings, I really had my heart locked away because I had just gotten my heart broken Mm. and I'd gone into this thinking it was a fling and it was really turning out not to be a fling. And so I was very determined to not let those feelings grow. And so when I had this conversation, I was thrown. So it kind of took me a couple of days before I really like let those words sink in and then 
I thought I'm going to do the scary thing and I'm going to go forward with this guy that I didn't think was going to be up for all this serious stuff. So she and Tom started doing the scary thing, being together properly. Screw the 10-year age gap. I remember telling my mum about Tom and I said, I've been seeing this guy and he's 10 years younger than me. And she goes, oh, a little crumpet. (laughs) Which is like from the 1940s or something. I was like, mum, what are you talking about? But I loved it. Melissa rarely feels the age gap, although there are times it does come up. I turned to Tom, it was around the Olympics in 2021, and I said, oh, how good was it when we had the Sydney Olympics and you're in school and you got to go and you got to go to the Paralympics and, like, go down to Olympic Park. It was so cool and everything was happening. And he was like, I was four. (laughs) (laughs) And there's been a few moments like that. Yeah, what were the most surprising things that you found in dating him, a younger man? his emotional maturity. Everything was so upfront. I just had so many experiences with guys of all ages, including older than me, where there was a lot of vagueness, a lot of non-commitment. I just found with Tom, it was like, I was never confused about where I stood. I was never unsure about his feelings for me. Soon after they started dating, Tom moved in with her. It was meant to be a temporary arrangement to get through a 2021 lockdown, but it turned permanent. They even adopted a dog named Teddy. Um, I won't pretend there aren't challenges. Like, I can't stand relationships that pretend that everything's perfect. Mm. It's definitely not. Um, But I would say for me, it was so easy to fall in love with Tom. The easiest that it's ever been for me. I just knew. And that had never happened to me before. But listener, I hear you ask. Won't somebody please think of the children? And can you please quit with that ticking clock sound effect? So we haven't committed to having babies yet, uh, but basically where we're at is that I got my fertility tested the year we met actually, probably about six months after we started dating. And I got advised probably should start thinking about trying within the next two years. Um, And look, flash forward, it's been two years and we're still not. (laughs) Um, But that's really come from my end. I still really want to travel and we're still just really enjoying our life at the moment. Look, they didn't have some fantastical meat cute. He's also not Joshua Jackson or even Paul Mezcal. But he's Tom, now in his late 20s, and he's into Melissa. And this is their love story. On any given Sunday night, you'll find Tom and Melissa cooking something yum before curling up in front of the TV, often watching something delightfully trashy, their dog Teddy jumping up on their laps and destroying any romantic vibe. My preteen self would be like, that's not enough. But you get older and you realise that um, love is really quiet and consistent and steady and that's really beautiful. What what would happen if Paul Mezcal, though? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've got Tom, I get it. Uh, but, like, yeah. what if Paul Mezcal did knock on your door? Oh, look, he heard this and he thought, oh, I missed the boat with Melissa Mason. I really should have gotten on my dating apps back in the beginning of 2021 and matched with her. I don't think I'd go there, to be honest. I think Tom was a bit of a step up from Paul Mezcal. Sorry, Paul. (laughs) Wow. 
Wow, wow. I mean, I think Paul's available, you know, the whole Phoebe Bridges thing. And, I know. And the Bo Burnham, it's gotten real messy over in Paul's. That was Melissa Mason talking to reporter Hannah Reich, whose favourite rom-com is The Wedding Singer. Our sound engineer is Matthew Crawford, who's partial to Love, Simon. Sophie Townsend is our executive producer, and every year she rewatches When Harry Met Sally. And me... My guilty pleasure is Bridget Jones. This story was produced on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung, Boonwurrung, Boonwurrung and Gadigal peoples. If you haven't already, follow Days Like These on the ABC Listen app so you never miss an episode. I'm Farza Draki and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.